This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is what is your money really worth? Okay. So today I have with me Amy McFarland. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Mary. Amy does business development for us at Stirk Financial. And we have a lot of discussions in our office about the actual value of money. And when I say that, I'm talking about not just the monetary value of money. We all understand what that's worth. But we really want to dig in today about why money is important and what money is worth to you in your life. So it's kind of a different concept. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to introduce people to is the concept of a money philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a different word for people to think about. And you might not understand what I mean when I say money philosophy. But the truth is that every one of you listening, you already have a money philosophy. You might just not know that that's what it is. <laughs> Getting in touch with your yoga money philosophy. There you go. <laughs> your inner self. We're very zen about this. Okay, so a money philosophy, very simply put, is what you feel money does for you in your life. Okay. Okay. So obviously money has a monetary value, but it also has a life value, meaning that money funds the things in our lives that we value. And that's why everybody has a money philosophy is because we all value different things in our life, Mm -hmm. right? We're Mm -hmm. all unique and we value different things in a different way. So you might value the experience of traveling the world, but your next door neighbor might value spending time in their garden, you know, nurturing the growth of vegetables and plants and never want to go anywhere on a trip. Mm -hmm. They love being a homebody and that's what they value. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's right or wrong about it. It's just two different sets of money philosophies of what do you value in life and how are you going to use your money to pay for and to fund the things that matter to you? Sure, sure. You know, another another difference would be some people value a higher education while some people value lessons taught through a trade school. Both are absolutely valuable to people. Both require a completely different amount of money. And whether you value them or not is going to dictate if you're willing to actually spend your hard-earned money on one of those sure. things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. It makes sense. So whatever you're, whatever is capturing your interest, whatever are the things that matter to you, the truth is that generally speaking, those things take some level of money to support, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how you use the money you have to fund your time, the experiences you have, and the connection to the things you value, that is your money philosophy. Okay. So it's kind of a unique way to think about things um, and not something that necessarily everybody's really heard about before. Yeah. So what's your money really worth? Yes. To you. Yes. And ultimately what your money is really worth to you is what it can bring to you if you spend it on the things that you want <laughs> and, and that matter. Or don't yes. spend it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. For some people, what money is worth is knowing that they have a lot of it sitting in the bank or in investments that mm-hmm. they feel like there's a safety cushion mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, that's the value. Some sure. people, it is the experiences they want to go have. Some people, it's just stuff. You know, everybody's different. So... 
Um, but this money philosophy concept is something that I think is really important when it comes to doing your financial planning because a good financial plan for somebody is going to completely wrap around their money philosophy. So if you don't understand what someone is, um, what is important to someone, and you don't understand what somebody values, I don't know how you can actually create a good financial plan that's <laughs> meaningful. Yes, right. <laughs> because a personal plan is going to be about what somebody's pers- personal money philosophy actually values. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about my money philosophy. Okay. And how I developed it, because I have a very, very clear belief about what money does in our lives and how I value it. And it really kind of ties into what my own personal background is. So some of you may have heard this before, but by the time I was 19 years old, I was already a divorced single mother of two children under two years old. (laughs) Welcome to the crazy town. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, we lived in a low-rent apartment complex, and I bought my groceries with food stamps. I didn't get any child support, and I literally depended on a welfare check to try to meet ends meet. I always worked. I always had at least some type of job, but for the most part, since I didn't have any marketable skills, it was a minimum wage job of some type. And I looked around me and I realized that the people that I lived near in this apartment complex had really been there for years. And they were never able to dig themselves out of that financial hole that they were in. And I made some really key decisions. I decided that I didn't want that to be what my future held. And I didn't want to let the fact that I had been a pregnant teenager dictate the entire rest of my life. Sure. And keep me in that position financially. I didn't want to be a statistic. I wanted to figure out how to work my way out of that hole. You had a crystal ball. You were trying to figure (laughs) out it's cloudy. What, you know. How do I clear this? Yes. Yes. So what I decided when I looked into that crystal ball was I need to learn how money works to be able to figure out how to get out of this situation. So I spent my days working and I spent my evenings taking care of the kids. And when they would go to bed, I'd crack the books and I started taking correspondence classes and night classes to try to figure out how money worked and to work towards a college degree so I could get myself out of this hole. Didn't haven't you said the comment that you were tired for five years? Oh God, or- yeah. <laughs> Having two kids that are little is going to make somebody tired no matter what. (laughs) And you add working and single parenthood and college on there, and it it was exhausting. But I will say that it was absolutely worth it. Well, and you had a goal. You had your own money philosophy in a sense. Yes. It was forming. Well, I was building it. It was forming, yeah. yeah. And I kind of look back on that phase of my life with a little bit of fondness because I think about how much I learned during that time. And even though it was really, really hard, it was absolutely character shaping. Mm-hmm. And what I learned along the way with that absolutely built my money philosophy. And ultimately, it really defined how I work with clients today. And here is the here it is. This is my money philosophy. This is what I learned. Money is not about the material things that you buy. It's absolutely great to have quality things, but that's not the main purpose of money. Money is also not about the feelings that you think that it's going to give you. A lot of people think 
you know, they say money buys you happiness or yeah, money doesn't right. buy love sure. and things like that. But it's not about the happiness or the security or things like that that's associated with it. In my opinion, the only thing money really does is it buys you choices. Yes. And that is the crux of my money philosophy. Money buys you choices. Because mm. when you don't have any money, you really have very, very limited choices on, on what you anything. can do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I learned that very clearly mm-hmm. when I was in that situation. But when you do have money, you can use that money that you have to fund the life that you want to live. And so that to me is what money is really worth is the fact that it buys you choices. The more you have, the more choices are open and available to you. And the more choices that you have that you can afford, the more you can use the money you have to align your life with what is important to you. And then that's kind of the whole idea of aligning your money with the life you want to lead. Mm-hmm. At many different junctures, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes down to it, any good financial plan can spit out graphs and charts and numbers. And quite frankly, people can do that on the Internet now themselves if all they're looking for is numbers. But to be able to tie your own personal personal money philosophy and the value of m- money is worth to you then it's important to understand what you do value and it's important to consider what you want to have happen in your life and whatever the next phase of life is and then think about how do you tie the money you have to make sure that you're creating the experiences and you have the things in your life that are really meaningful and valuable to you. Yeah, and I'm sure <clears throat> I am right now thinking about the questions I'm going to need to ask myself. <laughs> like, okay, what... What is what are those choices that mm-hmm. I want to have more of? That's yes. so, you know you can back it out to that. Where yes. do I feel limited on my choices? Is right. it material things? Is it experiences? Mm-hmm. There's all different things. Yes, on your philosophy of buying choices. So there you have it, folks. Mary Stirk's money philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that money buys you choices. And the very best thing you can do with your money is align the money you have with the life that you want to lead. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about what is your money really worth? We've talked about what a money philosophy is, and basically your money philosophy is how you can use the money you have to fund the life that you want to live, what's important to you so that you know you're funding it with what matters. And we've talked a little bit about my money story and how I developed my own money philosophy of the idea that money buys you choices. So some people kind of struggle to dial into what their own money philosophy is. So I've developed some questions for you to consider that will help you get there. So the first question is, if you had all the money you'll ever need or want, what would you actually spend time doing? So what about you, Amy? If money was no factor, if you had Mm -hmm. everything you needed money-wise, what would you actually spend time doing? I think I would do, I would tie it in with my now grown children and probably spending time together on fabulous vacations. Okay. (laughs) I would. I think, you know. All right. So I you mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show, we talked about the holidays. 
yes, let's play Monopoly in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So that answer right there, I've asked this question to people thousands uh-huh. of times. And what I pick up from that mm-hmm. answer is you'd be spending time with your family mm-hmm. and you'd be traveling. Mm-hmm. Making memories. Yes. Yeah. So those are things that when you think about how to align your money with that, if your children are close, it's a little bit easier to do that. But if your children are not close, but connecting with them is important to you, then winding traveling money to go see your children specifically a certain number of times a year is an important thing to have in your budget. Mm -hmm. And that's how you align some of the money and the wealth that you've created, the wealth that you've built with what's important to you going forward. And you know what else, Mary? Um, That also helps you when you say, I'm going to pass on this Mm -hmm. thing. You don't feel slighted or oh poor me because you say no 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 I'm choosing to not spend money on this because I want to spend it over here instead you have a goal and a lot of people when they answer that question they talk about family travel comes up very frequently but so does volunteering and um, things of generosity so well if I had more time and money was no object meaning if I didn't have to spend my time creating money to live I would probably volunteer at such and such place Mm -hmm. or I would probably give of my time to some organization or cause that is meaningful to me. So when you start thinking about your life that way, you can start assembling the building blocks of meaning and then establishing a way to have your time and your money support those things. Yes. All right. The next question is, what legacy would you like to live Meaning what's important to you about the impact that you leave on this world. Okay. So I've heard it said that after three generations, we're forgotten about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, you don't think about that, but when you back it out. You do. I mean, you really don't think too much about your great, great, great grandparents. I remember us having a show and you challenged me to know what my great grandparents' first names were. Yep. You know? So if you think about that, that, you know, your impact on the world is somewhat fleeting, what impact do you want to leave on the world, meaning what legacy do you want to leave on the world? Mm-hmm. And I think that the m- most important legacies that people leave are what value have they created in this world that is going to live beyond them. Mm-hmm. So for some people, that's creating things of beauty or of relevance that help people beyond their own lifespan. For some people, it's creating people, <laughs> humans, <laughs> sure. you know, sure. having children and grandchildren that are your <clears throat> legacy. Some people, it's a financial legacy. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things about that. But part of your money philosophy is shaped by what the impact is you want to leave on the world when you're gone. Mm-hmm. And then the last question that I think helps people understand their money philosophy is this one. And it's, what was money like for you growing up? Mm-hmm. That's yes. So what what's your answer to that, Amy? What was your money like for you growing up? Well, I think I had very conflicting thoughts about money because I had a mother who um, was very conservative as far as um, what you spent money on for yourself. Whether mm-hmm. so, let's say for me, it's a ten year old, and I'm at the baseball park, and I get a quarter, and that's it. And then I had a father who when we would go shopping um, 
to buy back to school clothes. If you like it, get it. Okay. That's so a you very two con- conflicting yeah, parents' yeah. money views. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So my mom would be, now you use this wisely. And my dad would say, you like, get it. <laughs> That's so funny. I remember when we would go shopping when we get home uh, because, you know, I was the caboose. I was younger than my other siblings by 10 years. So I was really raised like an only child in a number of ways. But I remember my mom's thing was we'd lay out all the things we bought and we'd figure out how much we saved. Now, of course, Kohl's just tells you now. Yes. yes, (laughs) Or wherever you shop. But that was really important to her to see the value of what we didn't spend. Sure. You know. And probably somebody else would be looking at, well, what did you spend versus what did you save? Yes. So here's the thing, and this is why I ask people this question, is there's a really strong link between the lessons we learned about money as we grew up Mm -hmm. and how we feel about money right now. And that definitely influences your money philosophy. You know, if you grew up feeling like money was no big deal and there's plenty of it to go around, you're more likely to feel comfortable with higher levels of risk and a feeling that money is easy. So you probably don't lose as much sleep worrying about not having enough cash. And like when it comes to your investment strategy, you probably have more emphasis on growth potential versus protecting the money that you've already built. Mm -hmm. However, if you grew up where money was tight or even non-existent, um, so if you grew up poor, you're more likely to worry about there being a scarcity of money later in life. And that for sure impacts your money philosophy and how you're willing to spend the money you have to create experiences in your life. So for people that grew up poor, it generally is difficult to feel safe or secure, even if you know there's plenty of money in the bank. There's never enough set aside, just in case. Yes. And I can't tell you how many people that I've had conversations with that have even millions of dollars and they still are just a little bit afraid that it could run out. And it's it's less about, though, if it can run out, but more about I never want to experience the things I experienced when I was dirt poor again. Mm-hmm. I never want to be hungry mm-hmm. again. I never want to have to take a bath in brown bath water because I'm the third <laughs> kid bathing in it type of thing. Right, right. And, and people listening, I know you've had some of those yes, experiences yes. and you can relate to what I'm talking about. There's never enough food in the freezer or it might not be very warm in my house during the winter. <laughs> so those are some scarring things that create a philosophy around money. That means that your emphasis becomes about protecting value as opposed to maybe trying to grow at high rates of return. Now, of course, not everyone fits exactly into one of these types, but generally speaking, you probably can recognize yourself (laughs) in one of those two extremes. And I think it helps me understand why I'm very conflicted with money. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense because you were raised with conflicting viewpoints. So that Mm -hmm. is totally understandable. But I really think that not only does this impact your money philosophy, but it also, generally speaking, should inform the level of risk that you're probably comfortable taking in your investments and your financial portfolios too. Sure. It's like a pulse for you. Yes. Really. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. So I promised I would talk about how that you want to feel is connecting with how you set up your money and the way you want to live your life. So I want to give you an example. If you think about different words that are important to you and how you want to feel, um, that's kind of the starting point with this. And, And I was working with a woman named Helen and Helen 
um, said that her goals in her retirement were to feel connected, creative, and generous during retirement. Um, And so from a connected standpoint, what we did in her financial planning was to make sure there was money in her retirement plan to be able to connect with her grandchildren. And they lived across the United States. So we had to budget for travel twice a year to go see them. That's an example of how something that matters to you emotionally can tie into your financial side of things. Now, um, Helen happened to be an artist and feeling creative was really important to her. So we allocated and aligned money in her plan to buy art supplies and to have a room in her home for a small art studio and to be able to cover fees for entering juried art shows and visiting galleries. So you really defined what that meant. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then put the money behind it, Mm -hmm. aligned the money she had with the life she wanted to lead. Sure. Then the last thing was she also wanted to feel generous. That was her third word. And create a positive impact in her community. So she had grown up very poor and she was passionate about helping people who were hungry because she had had that experience when she was young. So we planned to include financial donations to her local soup kitchen and also impact in, increase the amount of time she was spending volunteering there. So oh. she was donating both time and money yes. to that. And that really helped create an environment for her where her main three emotions that she wanted to feel were completely aligned with her financial planning and with her money philosophy. So she would have had to do a lot of internal yes. thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. she had to do a lot of figuring out what, what matters. Which is all part of the emotional readiness that's necessary for retirement. (laughs) So if you're trying to figure out what your money philosophy is, or if you want some help aligning your money with the life you want to lead, then we encourage you to reach out to us and set up a value assessment meeting. That's a free first meeting with us. And really, it's just designed to chit chat about your financial situation, discuss where you are and where you might want to be going, and then we can determine if there's value in working together. So reach out to us or go out to sterkfinancialservices.com and schedule an appointment. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and we hope that after hearing this, you really have a good handle on what your money is really worth. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.